Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey guys, welcome to Knife Talk. It's a podcast. And girls, and girls, come on now. Hey everybody, welcome to Knife Talk. <laughs> Hello, hey humans. gang. Hey everybody, welcome to Knife Talk. It's a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, DIYers, everybody. We're with you. My name is Jeff Fader from Fader Knives. I'm here with Mareko Momasi, Momasi Fire Arts, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives. Fellas, what's up? What's up, Doc? Um, it's all good. It's all good. Um, we had a bit of a scare this week. We thought my wife was um, giving birth. Oh, so we rushed to the hospital. But um, no, it's all good. Um, um, I haven't been in the shop all week um, simply because I can't get into the shop. We've got, a, we've got a digger here on site and they're digging up the garden and they've literally built a trench right through the barn, which is the new workshop. So I just can't get into it. So I've been doing lots of um, knife talk stuff. Um, so the Knife Talk website will be going live on Monday, nice. as well as the the Makery Network website. Mm, look at you, and a special little game for people as well, which we'll we'll announce on Monday. So, um, yeah, it's been quite nice to uh, just be sitting there on a laptop, really doing stuff. It's been nice, nice. And Mareko, you are a roving reporter. You're you're I'm, you're over here I'm east. on the road. Where are you? What is going on? I'm in Columbia, South Carolina, or just outside of Columbia, South Carolina. And I'm here at an event called Winter Strong, which is hosted by a company called Sornax. Um, They make like heavyweight training equipment and like racks and stuff like that for barbells and squat racks and stuff like that. Uh, And really all kinds of equipment. Anyways, they they put, they uh, not only. Are they athletes, but they're also outdoorsmen and hunters, and so um, and they know a lot of people on both I- I aspects of the of those different worlds, and mm-hmm. so they put on this event that helps bring them together, so hunters can be better athletes and athletes can become better hunters. And uh, in the last few years, so they've been doing it for four years. In the last three years, um, they've had knife makers coming out, and uh, so I'm here with Neil Kamimura. 
and Lucas O'Hare and uh, Josh Smith. Jason Knight was supposed to be here. Uh, Joe Maynard's here. Um, Kyla Cummings. I'm trying to think who else. I think that. Oh God, I'm gonna feel terrible if I'm missing. So, what are you doing there? You lifting elk? What's what's? what's <laughs> no, no, no. What are you doing? I think we so, just named the show "Lifting Elk." Lifting elk. Lifting elk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know you don't power squat elk. <laughs> yeah, ew. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> you, okay, so wait, power squats. Oh, Anyways, okay. Um. Yeah, so we're here demoing. So everybody's got, they have people doing archery and they got long range, long range rifle, um, archery, uh, sorry, shooting guns. And, and they have like, uh, I think not today, but tomorrow they're doing a, um, like kind of a tough mutter event where you're running around and then you do some archery and then you run around and do a bunch of weightlifting and then you run around and, uh, shoot some guns and you run around and you, like chop down a tree, <laughs> like all kinds of crazy stuff. I'm just here making knives, uh, which is a nice um, kind of relaxing thing. In fact, I just got done forging about 40 minutes ago. Um, and Neil Kamimura, Joe Maynard, and I were forging blades. We all made chef's knives, and we did completely uh, hand-forged, uh, like handle and and uh, blade profiles, and we heat-treated them, and now they're inside the house, the cabin here at, uh, at the property. They have, like, 400 acres here. It's fucking oh, crazy. Wow. Monstrous. So you're not going to do any archery? You're not going to do any uh, Probably tomorrow. Yeah, probably tomorrow. Today is kind of like our day to demo, um, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of people kind of float around to the different events and things going on, and they participate, and and so cool yeah how many are there is it like a big event yeah and it's all outdoors everybody's got tents and everything um and there's probably like 150 people here wow oh nice yeah nice so it's big but small Um, yeah so it's nice so super quaint are you are you finding that there's a lot of people showing interest in what you guys are doing oh for sure yeah and yeah and neil and josh and jason knight was here last year he was supposed to be here this year but he couldn't make it this year um but um they, they've definitely drummed up a lot of interest. And, you know, you know, seeing people forging, like, you don't see that very often. Or yeah. if you do, you've seen it on TV, but seeing it in person is very different. Um, and people get to ask, like, hang out, stand right next to the forgers and the anvils while we're forging and ask us questions. And Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good. You guys, it's good. Are they having a go as well? Are they making anything themselves? I think this they're evening good. they're going to get a chance. But today, this uh, kind of, we started probably like around 10 o'clock um, we just got done like i said about 40 minutes ago um so we've been uh kind of demoing and then people will come back later um and get it and get their hand at smashing on some steel and trying to forge cool. a little knife or something like that pretty seriously good lineup p.s this isn't just a bunch of like goofballs at like a you know colonial williamsburg i mean this is like you like the best some of the best knife makers around that's amazing how's the food the food's good. Yeah. They have uh, John and Jen Rivet, uh, who are actually down from Canada. Um, they they are folks who, um, they're like hunting guides, and they do also like a lot of cooking. And, uh, you know, they, they take people on these hunting trips, guided hunting trips, and then they take bring them back to like their place, and they, they cook up the food that they harvest uh, right there in their thing. And they take people out like Joe Rogan and, oh, wait, are we supposed to be... Mentioning his name. Yeah, why not? You can talk, <laughs> talk about people. Who cares? Uh, and all, just like all kinds of like big name people and taking them out and go hunting and stuff like that. I think Bourdain actually went out with him and Joe. And Anyways, anyways, 
So they're here doing all the cooking. The food is delicious, and it's it's a nice kind of relaxing way to still do some work. Uh, I'll definitely be able to do something with a knife and sell it um, that I'm working on, and but also kind of relax and I don't know. It's whenever I, uh, like forging and knife making, but it's completely different when you're not under the gun or the pressure of of doing it as yeah. a custom worker or being in your normal shop and whatnot. It's it's very different. It's fun. So super relaxing. Oh my god, it's so nice. Yeah, relaxing. I would imagine. Yeah, it's Good. a three day. So is that so like a, a two started, three day event? Yeah, here early uh, Thursday is kind of like the early day, and then today is the big the, the main event starts and it goes till Sunday, uh, kind of afternoon. Yeah, nice. Yeah. It'll be wow, good. or it, it is awesome. So yeah, nice trip. Nice trip. Um, so, then I'm going so down you, to straight Georgia. from there. Then you're off to Georgia on my to mind. Then? Yeah, wow. that'll be fun. And more more knife making. Nice. Sure, sure. <laughs> we talk about that next week. Then maybe. Yeah. Jeff, what, what's been going on in Jeff's world? It's been good. It's been, you know, it's today is actually we have an ice storm, so oh, yes. uh, all the trees are covered in in ice, which is op- no. which is not optimal. And and but other than that, uh, I got uh, approval on a set of c- the colorway for the set that I've been working on, and uh, that's really great because it was like, you know, you just don't want to go be back back and forth on a mo- you know a million different things. So my first yeah. my first attempt at the, the colorway was. I hit it on I hit it on the head, so that's perfect. And then um, hopefully going to get that set out in the next two weeks. I'm hoping. And then um, had a really good meeting with Tony and Allison, who Tony's back for a little vacation, much needed. And then um, actually, interesting enough, where did he go? Was the food good? <laughs> he, I, I tell you what. Here's why Tony Ayatsi. None of you guys know him. He's one of the greatest of all time. He they went to a they went to a place, and he's a culinary guy. So he said it was like an all-inclusive alcohol thing. So he decided he prepared himself by saying, "I'm, you know, you don't you order whatever whatever drink you want." And he he decided the kind of drink that he was going to have, thinking that they would have to add the most amount of alcohol because he felt like they were they were watering down the drinks. But it's unlimited. No, but it, yeah, so it's unlimited. <laughs> but I mean, at the same time, it's just like he felt like some of the drinks were being watered down. So he right, ordered okay. a drink, and I'm going to let you guys guess what the drink was that he felt was obscure enough that they wouldn't water it down. Obscure. What do enough. you think? Uh, obscure, but you guys know it. Mai Tai. No, be close. Apero. No. All right, I'm not going to be doing this. You guys, think, <laughs> oh, he was ordering yeah. Negronis, yeah. Negronis everywhere. Oh, right. Okay. Because he felt like he felt like I. He said uh, about the beginning of the meeting, he's like, I had to make sure these guys were watering it down. So I was going for some obscure drinks that they couldn't water down. So he was. That's mm. side note. But interesting enough, I was. Um, I w- our friend uh, J- uh, Jimmy Duresta and Derek from Malden, uh, their sh- their Netflix show is announced that's going to be coming nice. out in in March or the the first week oh, of March. Cool. It's called Making nice. Fun or something like that. It looks great. It looks like it's like a kids thing making thing. Yeah. And I was talking to Derek this morning, and then I was also talking this past week on the Full Blast podcast with Stephanie Hoffman, who was one of the judges on the TV show Metal Shop Masters. And it was very interesting because it made me think about people going on Fortune Fire and then how TV, how we as makers, there's this, it seems as though makers in general have this hope that someone is going to discover them 
or someone is going to offer them an opportunity or there's going to be it, it's a like an it's an artist mentality it's almost like a pimp mentality where these people mm-hmm. arrive and then we're going to give you American money or we're going to give you this or experience and stuff like that get on tv it, and become famous well unfortunately for well unfortunately for makers and artists they re- they don't rely on themselves for everything so no. they they're hoping to be discovered and this is a situation where uh, Stephanie Hoffman was the, one of the judges, and she was, frankly, and she's not saying this, I'm saying this, she was very maligned on that show because they portrayed her like she was like almost like a heel or villain. And when I, you talk to her, her whole life, she was, because she was a woman getting involved in, in welding, she was, she was uh, rooted against by you know the schools didn't want her in or, or people didn't want her in or job sites didn't want her in and they the people yeah. were rooting against her and she fought yeah. and hard to become a very skilled welder she's the face of the american welding society but it was interesting because she talks about how she was able to kind of like you know not only worry about your own you know our own um shortcomings as as people and makers but like you have out side obstacles against you and the interesting thing was she worked all her way and she got became such a big piece of uh, uh big part of the uh the american welding society they made her a judge on the show they weren't she wasn't supposed to be the judge she was the technical assistant and they kind of painted her like a jerk and 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 it was really tough and it was kind of an interesting to the point where you know you get the feeling like she's over tv she's over she's over the experience mm. because it was very difficult and i thought it was a very kind of an interesting conversation because we talk about Forge and Fire all the time and the expectations and these TV shows and hoping something happens. And it was pretty interesting. Yeah. They, they need to make characters of people, don't they? I think that's the thing. Well, really, um, the, the only you know, true... You, you always get the, the bad guy or in this case, you know, the, the bad lady well, the, and you always, you always get the nice one. And they, they, they paint people they, to Well, they, it's, it's in the editing. I mean, they edit the way they... She said the way they edit it, I really... Sent, I, she didn't watch it. I mean, she watched a couple episodes. And... Yeah. It was real. I think it was. She's not say it, but she got a little bit, a, a little bit emotional about it because I mean it was hard. I mean she's worked this hard, and then all of a sudden she get this the same feeling she had when she was a student, where this, mm. the welding school wouldn't let her be, be uh, take classes there because she was a woman and they didn't have a female bathroom, and mm. her students were cruel to her. The students were cruel to her, and and it was, it was very upsetting hearing her speak about it. As in like you know I fucking made it all this way, and then. I'm painted as this horrible human being, and it was really, it was very, uh, it was very intense, very intense. To be honest mm. with you. So, so that that went live. Well, yeah, well, Friday. yeah, no, but it, Friday that went live. But it, it made me, it made sure. me think, it made me really think hard about how we as makers using social media to create content. In the back of your mind, I think people are looking to be discovered, and that's how it happens. You know, people are discovered, opportunities present themselves, and then you know you're unable to control the way you're made. I mean, these TV shows we've said a million times they're not in it for you know, Fortune Fire is not in it for the ABS, <laughs> the what they're not in it for the craft of bladesmithing. <laughs> they're in, in, into it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, they're in it for making a TV show. And yeah. it's the same thing with Metal Shop Masters. When she, they approached her about being a judge, they didn't know anything about welding. I mean, these people didn't give a shit about welding. You know, it's like, I mean, it could have been anything. She, they could have said anything. And it is, it is, it's troubling because you get the feeling that the only way that people can actually make something is you got to do it yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. 
But, you know, art, well, creators, anybody who make things, they want it to be seen, don't they? They want, I don't necessarily think it's about being discovered, but they want the largest possible well, audience it's, it's to all, see what, they, they're showing yeah, it's off. Like that's seeking what we're validation. We want everybody to see right. what we can do. Seeking validation. You know, that's what being an artist is. Either saying, that's really great, or buying our work. Yeah. And, or being on TV. And yeah, it's, we all need a little bit of validation here and there. It's maybe, maybe more than often. <laughs> yeah. It's seeking yeah. validation yeah. for sure. It's seeking validation for sure, except for the fact that you get the feeling that somebody is going, there's, and it might not be oh, uh, sure. conscious, it might be subconscious, that people feel like I'm going to be discovered. And once I'm discovered, somebody is going to take care of all the, the uh, technical parts of being in business and I'm going to be given money to do things. And you mm-hmm. get that feeling that a lot of people have that feeling and then it's just not yeah. the case really almost ever i mean you we we know people who are on tv who have have not good experiences i mean you know stephanie was the great thing about this end of stephanie's story is you know she's she's got her own shop on the jersey shore she's got a fabrication shop she's still very heavily involved with the american welding society which is an awesome organization by the way i'm amazed at the website and she's taking it upon herself which is kind of the way i feel um it brings me to a story that my last art real art show was going to be the most important art show i'd ever done it was gonna be a solo show at this you know really nice gallery and i was gonna do all new work and i just started making knives and I gave them, they, I had, I had gallerists down here. We talked about their work. We talked about what we we're going to do. It was going to be all new work. It was going to be a big production. And then when it was all said and done, they said, okay, it's going to be open for six weeks, Saturdays and Sundays, and Holy you have to be shit. there every day. And we're going to take 50, <laughs> and we're going to take, and we're going to, so every Saturday and Sunday, you're going to be there and we're taking 50%. And I said to myself, why are you doing this to yourself? You're going to make all new work. You're going to promote it. You're going to work, fucking work the gallery as the for the opening hours, and then you're going to lose fifty percent. I think, and I and I and I basically said, you know, I appreciate you giving me this opportunity, and I'm going to have to pass. And I pass it up. I was like, fuck it, I'll do it myself. And then yeah. I'll go back to I'll, I'll go back to Fader Knives, and I it's there's this. I feel it's very important that people understand what their motivations are. And I just, I hate hearing these stories of people saying, I got this TV show coming up, or they just got discovered me. And it's just heartbreak, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, talking about TV shows, that TV show of Jamie Oliver's that I was sort of shortlisted for, that was on TV this week. Or the book. And I was like, yes, yes. So I'm thinking, um, yeah, well, it's about the book. Yeah, so you, you get to write a recipe book with him, basically. So I was thinking, do I watch this or oh do I, will, I, will I just be bitter if I'm watching it? Um, but to be honest, I'm glad I, I, I didn't get on the show. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a really good entertaining show, actually. But um, it's a case of, you know, you've got 20 minutes to cook this kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and that's not what my idea was. And it's like, see why I wasn't actually put through. But um, it's good. But there's was, there was six people on the show. And I'm thinking, OK, they pick six people. Great. 
then they're like, well, we've got weeks and weeks now, and each time there's a new there's a new bunch of six people. So I'm like, there's like seventy people that I didn't get on. I'm like, oh fuck's sake. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's just as well. So, so it's, it stung a little at the end when they said, and next week we have another six people. I'm like, oh you. Fuck. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, but you know what though? It's it's for the best, man. You have your own shit going on. You're not like I'm sure it's for the I'm sure it is for the best. Fuck yeah, that I'm guy. Sure fuck that yeah. guy with his weird hair and his dumb <laughs> teeth. Hey, he's still. He's still Craig's hero. He cares about his ass. Isn't he? He's still my he's... hero. And, and, and you know you know what? In the UK, they're considered good teeth then. <laughs> you know what? He's... he's... <laughs> Those are fucking good-ass teeth for... A, that's, like a, that's like a C level. C, C teeth in New York is a level A teeth, a teeth in, in England. Holy shit. Uh, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. New York six. So where are we? Shall we? Um, shall we have a chat after this? Sure. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. So you know what you need to do if you want an even heat. You need to go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat, which will take you to Soul Ceramics. It'll automatically apply a discount for you of $75 and give you free shipping in the U.S. That's with Soul Ceramics. So you know what to do. Okay. Shall we do some questions? We have questions, we have dilemmas, and we have a pile of que- – of, I asked the audience after last episode, we were talking about uh, Blade Magazine saying the questions that you shouldn't ask knife makers. I reached out mm-hmm. to our community, and I got slammed. So you, whatever you want to do <laughs> – Let's do it. Let's do a couple of them first then. So things we shouldn't ask knife makers. Okay. As a setup, as a setup, this was from Blade Magazine. They had an article on things that you shouldn't ask a knife maker. So I reached out. If you go to follow us on Instagram, Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram, they – you know, we – you know, we'll ask you to DM questions or dilemmas or stuff like that. So I asked the question, questions that you should never ask a knife maker, and I'll read them. I and mean, we could literally, we could do oh, three wow. shows. I'm going to, we could do three shows of this. It's it's pretty, in, oh, it, the <laughs> fucking floodgates opened. So this one comes from Pig Iron Forge. He says, questions you should never ask a knife maker. How about this one? Uh, why would you sell a chef knife that rusts? <laughs> oh, fuck. That's one. <laughs> Um, and then stop me. You know, we'll talk about, you know, tell me when you want to stop or if something reminds you. Yeah, something. let's do another and then we'll pop into a question. Or two. Uh, Roar Blade says things you shouldn't say to a knife maker. What's the price for a friend slash family? And this one is, this one came in a lot. I love this one. If I give you this piece of steel and this piece of oh wood, God, what's the price? The worst. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Doubled. And then uh, one more. One more. I, I, legitimately, it's got so many of them. Marcelo Silva says, my favorite is, is it sharp? <laughs> That's good. Oh, let me just do this last one. Let me just do this last one. Oh, Dude, I, they're oh. so good. They're so good. Uh, Norris Knifework says, I like your fixed blades, oh but God. can you make me a folder? <laughs> <If> I made folder. Because, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not interested in making a folder. That shit happens all the time. Can you make me a switchblade? I don't make switchblades. Yeah. So. Me asked, asked me to make a cookery and things like that. Yeah. So, okay. One more thing. Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now. Do it now. Okay, questions. The first one we have is from, um, again, from Instagram. So he sent through uh, to us at Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. He's DM'd us with this question. It's Benko Wald. 
Um, still living the show after all these years, so I've got a legitimate question for you guys, kind of inspired by a question from last week's episode. What have been the best workshop upgrades or tweaks you've made to your shop? I'm not talking about shiny machines or fancy equipment, but the actual space itself. I really appreciate your commitment to the show, to my the consistency, podcasting, he goes on and on and on. But um, yeah, he's asking about the actual space that we work in, um, upgrades and tweaks that um, that has saved you time, money, and all the rest Just of it. Just to let you know, the, his name is Ben Kowald, not <laughs> Ben Kowald. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Which is better, though. That's like KLB, man. Ben Kowald is definitely a fucking better Benko one. Ben Kowald. I love it when we screw the names up. Ben Kowald, is that it would do Ben Kowald? Yeah, Ben Cold. Okay, okay. So yeah, the actual space itself. Um, any um, hacks, tweaks, anything like that at all? Of, I, yeah, I can't guys? think of anything. I, I what do you think, Mareko? Things pretty simple in my shop. Um, I think really making sure that I do a good job organizing the grinding room because workflow in there can be be pretty fucking lame. Um, hmm. I mean, you just said it. If you've got the space, yeah. Divide a, like a grinding room to the rest of the space. Yeah, even if that is a for me, that was a massive, right. massive. Even if help. it's just a booth, so you don't get honestly you don't get like, and it shit be everywhere. The size of just like a telephone booth, but somewhere, yeah. some way to isolate the dust will make such a difference. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one thing that I've just done it now a new a new place here. Um, whereas before I had like wooden flooring and the, the you know there's gaps in between them and all the rest of it. So sweeping up was always a nightmare. Um, so I've got like aluminium sort of checker plate flooring on the in the new shop. So brushing up is just it's just seamless throughout. So you can just brush everything up into a pile and sweep up. So just you know so much quicker sweeping up. Um, so even if it's just putting down lino or anything, you know, just you've got one constant level and one constant sort of surface as opposed to dust getting in everywhere that that's as a massive help too you got anything jeff i would say for me i made two kind of standing tables tables. in the middle of the rooms and one of them is and i keep them tall tall enough that you can't sit at them like they're not like short tables so they're like they come up to your waist i like Mm. tables to be on the high sides i don't i don't want to do any sitting um, those two table, the one table kind of is, it's like an Island in the shop. So all the different grinders, on, I can use the table on for one side. I can use the table on for the other side. It's so great. And then I have another table, which is like, same thing. It's a floating table in the middle of the room. They're all on co- uh, They're all on casters uh, in case. Well, I'm going to have to, if, if I ever have to move, uh, Cliff Dufton's, uh, my nine thousand pound roommate. I have his lathe that's you know covered in in belts. Still there? I'll have him. I, I got him. I got him. I got him. I got him locked in. I'm I'm literally. literally I don't know what's going to come first. He's either going to take the lathe away or all the. It's going to. It's in a chrysalis stage with uh, all the used belts are covering it like a tarp. I'm hoping it transforms into a little giant or something. <laughs> I want to see. It's a like of that. I call it my. I call it my nine thousand pound roommate. It's just like so. But that. But the floating. Tall tables, tall tables, like you know, like up to past your waist, like mm. like counter height, right? Like thirty six inches. I think this is closer to forty. I really, I made it, I made it really, really high, and I love it because I don't want to bend over. I don't want. I wanted everything to be on the high side, so those were huge. And then the other thing is having a room for all the colors. I'm making like kind of a dedicated color lab for colors, so I can kind of put things together. It was giant. It was huge. 
just to kind of mm-hmm. be able to with good light that I can kind of see things and futz around with that. Yeah, good lighting. That's Actually, another one. I mean, I got mediocre yeah, cheap, lighting. Get good lighting in. That's what I was just gonna. I, I just remembered one thing. I've re- that's really helped is that I've I use I bought these rechargeable uh, pen lights off Amazon. You can get a set of them for like sixteen bucks or something like that, and they they're rechargeable with like USB cables and whatnot. But I clip them onto the the filters of my respirator, and instead of having to move a light around the grinder and all that stuff, it's on like the mask pointing straight at the work from both sides, and they, the batteries last for a good amount of time, and it's just the light's always right there where you need it, and that has been massive for me. I haven't. Cool. That it's reminds just, me. I hate that messing reminds with lights. Me. Bolting, if, you're hand, if you have a hand-sanding table, bolt that fucking table to the wall. Bolt that oh, fucking yeah. <laughs> table to the wall because you don't want the whole goddamn table wiggling. That's yeah. bullshit. Don't do that. So I, I, I welded plates to the, to the sides of the table, and I bolted that shit to the wall, so there is no moving at all. Yeah. Yeah. Good move. Um, that's, that's, that's about it from here, I mm-hmm. think, in regards to space. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, pretty good. Tr- uh, here's a trick. Here's a, here's a fucking tip. If you have a bathroom in a welding shop, Stephanie Hoffman told me she got black toilets. That's goddamn genius. If oh, so there's not little yeah, you know, because if you got that <laughs> rusty dust coming off yet coming off that penis, you know, it goes onto the it goes onto the it goes onto the. That's not what she said, surely. That's not what she said. But if it goes down on the porcelain, it kind of roots in there, and you can't get it off. You got to replace yeah. it. Black toilets, ladies and germs. The next toilet you buy will be a black toilet. Where would you source a black toilet? Apparently, home. That's what I said to her. She said Home Depot. They have them black toilets at Home Depot. So, oh, there you go. There you go. Black toilets, everyone. <laughs> lift, lift ah. and elk and black toilets. <laughs> the next one comes uh, from uh, Leonardo Lee, our good friend Leonardo Lee, who has a baby on the way. Congratulations uh-huh. to Leonardo. Good luck to you and Congrats, bud. your new family. This is very exciting. He says, I have a question. My hammer handles have been very feeling very smooth and slippery, slippery lately, which makes them harder to control. Do you have any recommendations? Also, has anyone ever tried checkering their hammers, the little diamond stripes carved into the wood? What do you do about mm-hmm. that? So is hammer handles yeah. uh, very smooth and slippery? Forging hammer handles. Come on, Craig. I thought you were the blacksmith expert. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't use a hammer in anger too often, <laughs> um, but I'd imagine that if if they're not that smooth, you, you're going to get sort of calluses, and you're going to get you know you, you'd want them to be smooth. I would have thought, um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. But with regards to sort of checkering on the wood. Um, I've I've seen people, and not necessarily for hammers, but for other things, using the um, you know that sort of pyro, uh, you know those little knives, those hot knives, and using that to do a sort of checkering as opposed to like a checkering file, um, huh. and, you know mountains and all that kind of stuff they're putting on them. Um, so I suppose that would give some grip. Um, but yeah. I don't think you want checkering on a forging hammer. Yeah, I don't no. think you want that either. That'd be that terrible. would be like yeah, you'd all of a sudden your hand would be like, wouldn't you would be very unhappy. What would what do you do, Morocco? What do you do to your hammers? Well, I use my man hands and I hold it like a man with 
strength. Damn, Winter Strong. Winter Strong is really injecting that <laughs> testosterone into you. That fucking elk is just like so the elk is eating. Jesus yeah. Christ. That was like elk talk right there. They're, they're bench pressing elk into your veins no, you, already. Who's your man? bitch. <laughs> Would be yeah. a little bitch and fucking hold on to Come the on, hammer. Leonardo. It's a fucking Come problem. On in. Get your arrows out. We're benching out. No, no, no. <laughs> um, no, you know what? I just recently you get, you hit the handle with a little paste wax and polish it. Uh, polish it up. It, it has a nice stick, like tacky stickiness to it. Um, and so I've I found that that helps keep the handle from sliding around. Um, because I do, especially after, uh, as if you've been forging for maybe a couple hours or something like that, I, I definitely experience, uh, like arm fatigue and start holding the hammer like a little bitch. And quiet, the right. they'll hear you, Yeah, they'll throw you out. They're going <laughs> to the, the press you out off the property. Right the Let's take a target on your back and get you running through the field. <laughs> Move it! Get, get running! <laughs> Biggest pussy gets thrown out of here! Get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> I no, I think the pace wax. Is I, te- move. Okay. I have this argument with a lot of blacksmiths, and I've started making my handles on the thinner side because I kind of pres- I use the prescription that my old teacher Uri Hoffy did. As the older he was getting, the smaller the handles were getting, and I made my handles on the small on the thinner side. And what I noticed is, and the reason why is because when you're forging, when you're forging for a long time, you're not doing the death grip. You're actually guiding it. So it does, fl- at the end, it's flying out of your hand a little bit. So I make them on the thinner side so I'm not gripping it like a crazy person. The other thing I do is I hand <laughs> sand them down to, I sand them down to like 400 grit. Then I hit them with a little bit of, I hit it with a little bit of uh, the t- fire because it's just like getting a little bit of that darkness. And then I hit it with some axe wax, and then I hit the axe wax with the heat gun. And then the axe wax goes into the wood, and then I don't want to wipe it off. It's not tacky, and it's not slick, but it's not slippery. You definitely want something on sure. the handle. And I, I fight with John all the time in regards to he sends me hammers, and he gets mad because I carve them down all the time. I, I think sometimes some of these big handles where you're gripping too hard, I think it puts too much pressure in your hand, which ultimately leads to fatigue. So I find myself choked up a lot more, and my handles are on the thinner side. Not like toothpicks, but like I've never broken a handle once. Never, never, never once. And I can go all, all day. Nice. But the key is, is like... Hear that, ladies? You can go all yes. day. You, you, when, you hand, when you sand it, you can sand it up to 800. I sand it up to 800 sometimes. You definitely want to put something on it. But don't checker it because you're going to end up with like, you know, blisters. For sure. And, you know, I hear Axe Wax is great for him. All my am- handles have Axe Wax on them. And then I heat gun them in and wipe them down. Cool. Cool. Thanks. Are we going to take All a right. guess at Leonardo's um, baby? Who's got well, the, way, the, baby, the baby name? Speaking of guessing baby names, you said in the last episode that you were, you, your baby's name is a five-letter name with a U in it. And there well, was you've been, there yeah. was one guess. Oh, there was a few. And guesses. you've been wordling this week as well. We're trying to wordle my well, baby's name. Well, we've been trying, and there was one person thought maybe the name was Luigi, Luigi Lockwood. <laughs> <laughs> I like change it. approved. There we go, Luigi Lockwood. <laughs> hey, Daddy, come on, hey. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, what did you say? You said fucking Bruno. <laughs> Hillary, my wife. Bruno. My wife is into Wordle too, so I said, we've got to find it out. She goes, oh, Bruno. And I'm like, here's Br- Bruno. And then you sent me a gif of Bruno. You know. <laughs> I, I got. I have. Yeah, some we heard some of your guesses. Obviously, I didn't. Come on, then let's go oh, for you, it. Did you read up? some of your guesses last week? Wait. Oof. Oh, you did. I mean, you didn't they're like fine, them? but you even admitted you they weren't that great. So I mean, we kind of like agreed with you. <laughs> you didn't like Horace. I mean, Horace isn't a good name. We, th- we figured no, you thought he no was Horace. like Egyptian. There's no Horace in this house. <laughs> Horace is a good name. Uh-huh. So it's an ancient name. All right, never mind. We won't <laughs> come on now. Give a couple. <laughs> come on. Okay. <laughs> We got Horace. Wait, well, you read him last week. All right, so Horace, Boris, <laughs> Billy. Boris, there's definitely no <laughs> Boris in this house. Gee. Joshy. Uh, no. Yeah. Ripley. Yeah, you don't even listen to the podcast. We read them all. We read them all at the end of the podcast. <laughs> okay. Joshy. I like Joshy. Joshy Lockwood. Joshy. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going into muscle camps, is he? Joshy. Yeah. Muscle He'll camps. get his dick kicked in. Yeah. <laughs> muscle camps. <laughs> <laughs> the muscle camps. <laughs> ah, where were we? Questions. Um, we still have more things you shouldn't say to a knife maker, and we have dilemmas. Your call. Okay. Well, first of all, let's tell all our Canadian listeners who we love, by the way. No matter what we've been saying the last few you weeks. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're looking for knife supplies, um, you need to go to Maritime Knife Supply uh, dot com. They're the one-stop shop for knife makers um, who are in Canada. Um, they do Rhino Wet. Um, they're a distributor of combat abrasives as well. So all the good stuff that we talk about on the show, if you're in Canada, that's the place to get it from, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Um, and they have a deal with abrasives, so if you buy 10 belts, you get 10% off too. Nice. nice. Okay, let's, let's have um, some dilemmas maybe. Okay. okay, dilemmas. Okay, let me find. Okay, tough scenarios. This is we have one tough scenario. <laughs> Actually, this is no, this is really, this is going to be funny. So McMurdy, so if you have a tough scenario or dilemma for us, send them into Knife Talk. I realize we have one, so that that's fine. Okay. Uh, today's Wardle is t- today's Wardle in four. Uh, now on to oh he got the he was bragging McMurdy knives bragged that he got the Wardle in four in four guesses. Now on to handstanding. Here's a dilemma for the show. You're offered money from a tabloid to divulge the name of your unborn child ahead of its birth. Do you <laughs> do you A, take the offer, B, tell them to pound sand, C, reach out to other tabloids and start a bidding war, and why is Craig's answer C? <laughs> <laughs> Well, to be honest, I'm okay sharing the name completely, but my wife is just like, we've got to have some sort of listen, you know, surprise for family members. She doesn't you know? listen. Your family doesn't listen either. <laughs> You're quite right. You are I quite mean, don't, right. Just don't but, say, uh, does everybody keep her mouth would, shut? She would kill me. She I would mean, kill I don't me. think she would. Listen, all these fuckers who are listening to the show, they're like requesting my wife as a friend on are they? Facebook and shit. <laughs> and she, she's like, who are these people? I don't know. So and that so happens forth. to my wife too. East blacksmiths. <laughs> I don't know who they are, but uh, yeah, very strange. But um, no, um, she'd kill me. She would kill me. But I mean, when you say tabloids, are we talking, you know, shitty red tops? Are we talking <laughs> the good ones with money to spend? What's a shitty red top? You know? 
The shitty red tops. Is that what, like, Samantha Fox in the middle? (laughs) They did have. Yeah, they did. Yeah, basically, there's a couple of papers in the the UK, and they've they've all got, like, a red banner as their logo. And they're all all shitty. They're, like, the low end of tabloids. And they're they're generally, people refer to them as the red tops. I like that. uh, um, No. Um, If it was one of them, no. But, I mean, if we're talking, you know, something with a bit of class behind it, and they got a bit of money behind it. Oh, yeah, class. That's nothing says, nothing says. Daddy needs to buy a pushchair, you know? (laughs) So, yes. Is that what you call a stroller? Yes. A push chair? A push chair, okay. yes. Well, now that we don't have any more dilemmas, right. and Craig obviously is like, you know, show me the money. Let's, I'll do a little bit of listener feedback. This one comes from Snare Moore. Snare Moore. The, the episode with Dr. Thomas was awesome, uh, especially as a big nerd and hobbyist. He's a cons- computer scientist by trade. Um, I have little practical use for a lot of the more advanced stuff, but I find it fascinating. He's eloquent and thorough in his discussion. Really enjoyed it. Um, and then we also last week, we got a lot of couple messages from, uh, in regards to our conversation about I-beams, uh, Mareko, you weren't there. We were, people were talking about, okay. the question was, is it true that if you put a fuller into a blade, it makes it stronger? And the funny thing is, is our good hmm. buddy, uh, uh, we have a good, our good friend, uh, Ben Coleman, who was on the cover of Blade Magazine, sent me a message, and he sent me this whole message on... Uh, ben Coleman. Ben, not Ben Coleman. <laughs> it was Ben Coleman, Coleman Knives. He writes me this message, and he, goes, and he writes me this whole thing about what it is and everything like that. And I said, are you sure? And he's, what do you mean? I'm like, because I'm going to read this. And he's like, wait a second. And he goes back, and then he did something else. But we got reached out to by uh, uh, Uhor Hudiman, uh, who says, hello to the best podcast out there. I'm here to give a note on this I-beam myth. The I-beam is strong because of the web. The I-beam is placed in structures where force is applied to a web. If you apply the force to a web, now the web's the thin part on the inside, right? Um, on the other, way, uh, the other way, the I-beam is very weak. The basic explanation for I-beam shape is that it's designed to resist the force in one way so that you can reduce the weight where you don't need... Uh, the resi- to resist the fo- the force in a knife, it does make a knife uh, weaker by reducing the web thickness, and it's less resistant to bending. Maybe it's better for swords, so they're actually bend easier. But otherwise, it's just for looks. Look up um, the secret behind the I beam shape. So hmm. that was uh, there we go. Factual information on the show yeah. this week. That's great. Yeah. yeah, because it was an interesting question because somebody had said, um, Reckon, it'd be interesting to hear your take on it. Somebody said to one of the knife makers that uh, the, when you put in a, a fuller, uh, or some people call yeah. it a blood groove, whatever, that it makes the knife stronger, and they wanted our opinion. What do you think? I mean, I could see where they're going with that, but I think, yeah, like he was saying, the greater function is, is to lighten up the the tool because if it's got extra weight in it there's really no necessary it's not necessary to have like especially if it's a large knife for cutting down brush and swinging around chopping through saplings and stuff like that you don't need all that extra weight um because what's really important it's easy to create a lot of velocity and so what's important is how how the like the geometry of the blade but all the extra weight but if you're at winter strong Fuck I beams. I want all that weight. You're the heaviest knife you've got, bitch. <laughs> I 
they saying bitch a lot at Winter Strong? In my mind, they're no. saying it all the time. Definitely not. <laughs> Just walking around saying bitch. Oh my god! <laughs> What's wrong with you? I think Jesus. it's funny. I think it's funny. <sighs> Well, um, I'm going to tell everybody about Dharma Steel quickly. Um, um, not only do they put on a great event every year, they make great um, Damascus, stainless Damascus. Um, go take a look at dharmasteel.se. Um, if you set up an account and then you use Knife Talk when you check out, you'll get 10% off your order. And they've got some amazing patterns. So if you're unsure, also take a look at Dharma Steel Lab on Instagram. And they put up pictures of some of the knives that you know people have made using Dharma Steel. And they're always the high-end, high-end stuff. So... Go take a look at dharmasteel.se, Dharmasteel Lab on Instagram. Okay, let's do another question. This one's anonymous. Um, I've got a question, but I prefer it to be anonymous, they say. Um, I was given a piece of ivory, uh, but I have no idea of the origin of the pieces. The person that gave them to me says he's had them for years, but has no paperwork on them. I thought it would be cool to use the pieces on knife handles, but thought it may be opening up a can of worms that I want nothing to do with. Um, what are your thoughts? Ivory. Hmm. Might, yeah, it, it's it's hard if you can't, if you don't have that paperwork to kind of, uh, you know, I guess justify using it or, or yeah. verify that it's not new stuff. Um, usually antique ivory, whether it's, oops, <laughs> there's a back gate here, sorry, uh, is um, antique ivory like from wal- walrus ivory or some sort of or even mammoth ivory mm. um some people are even sketched out to use mammoth ivory especially if it's really clean and not a lot of staining because it can be mistaken for um like elephant ivory mm. um and so but uh, you can usually tell the difference because there will be some sort of staining in um either uh, either style of antique ivory um but if it's pretty clean looking it's probably fresher illegal ivory and if that is the case you probably don't want to use it have mm. you ever used it yourself never i wonder what it, i wonder if it smell you know like like using horn that kind oh, of it thing, stinks it, yeah. Uh, yeah it still smells yeah yeah, mm. yeah I, I i just i stay away out of my i i used some some sort of buffalo horn and i was like i don't need this in my life and it was no mm. no you know just you know go ahead you want to use some horns and stuff fine just not for me you know it's just i want to get rid of wood for christ's sake so i don't want to i don't want you know but i would think that i would have a problem i would probably have a problem it's funny because it's a double-edged sword part of you is just like i want it so someone else doesn't have it but then at the same time it's like i just don't need that putting that out in my in the in the in the world yeah yeah and that's the thing if he's already got it he's got it you know why waste it because it's there but um, yeah, but yeah, it's it's an awkward. I mean, I I sort of toyed with the idea of using um, Elfrin in the past, which is like a, a synthetic ivory. Um, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, and I used it a little bit, and I, I didn't particularly like it as a material anyway because it just stained so easily. But um, but even then, really? it's it's almost like pretending to be something that it's not, which you know doesn't have a good sort of reputation and that kind of thing. And uh, it's just right. it's just a bit icky, and you well, know, just stay away from those waters. That, I kind of like that idea of of you're making something that's clearly not ivory, but you're kind of still capturing the look of it. I don't have a problem with but it, I, but it's 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 almost my feeling like people who wear fake fur. You're almost glamorizing using. What about fur, eating veggie burgers? Even though it's not, you know. With what, what about sorry? eating veggie burgers? 
I don't need to shake my hand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See, there you go. Come on. Clear as the bell. Okay. But, but you know what I mean? It's almost like glamorizing the use right. of something when, when it's not it anyway. And it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a bit, I find it a bit weird. I can so. imagine, though, you'd have that feeling of like, well, this is pretty rare and it's problematic. And, but if I don't do anything with it, I still kind of want it. I can understand that. Mm-hmm. I, I would stay away yeah. from that shit, all of it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Make a nice knife for yourself, maybe, with it. That way it's not going to waste. And, um, yeah, it's got a use. Okay. Next question comes from Ross Speak Steelworks. Steelwork. Ross Speak Steelwork. Hey, guys, I'm curious as to what gloves you guys use in your shops. Uh, I do a lot of forging, and I'm wondering if there are any good leather gloves that balance durability and dexterity. Thanks. Hmm. I mean, I, personally, without, without doing forging, the only gloves that I use in the shop are sort of latex gloves for yeah. gluing up, that kind of thing. Um, do you use gloves when forging, Mareka? Um, I don't, actually. Um, it's, it's, a, it's really hard to hold on to hammers, hmm. um, especially when you're forging a blade and you're swinging it, you know, probably hundreds of times uh, to forge your blade out. It is a pain in the ass uh, to wear gloves and do that. Uh, a lot of people do it. Good for them. Uh, I, I just cannot handle it because it basically puts extra stress in your hand mm. to um, and, and fatigue and fatigue your hands. Um, and maybe I'm just being no, a bitch about it. No, you're 100% <laughs> right. I never wear I never. I hate wearing gloves. I've The only time I'll wear a glove is on my managing hand with if it's something sure. really hot but i mean if i'm cooling yeah. down my tongs every five minutes I, i'm never that close in any way so it doesn't really matter i don't i don't like wearing gloves um when i'm forging at all but if i were to use gloves the my favorite gloves to use believe it or not i really like tig welding gloves because they're oh they're, yeah yeah for sure the, not the ones that are furry the one i mean when i say furry the ones that are not the ones that are like um i don't know if it's deer skin or something like that Something about TIG welding gloves, you have such better, they're much more, you have much more dexterity because they're meant for, you know, you're holding that filler rod and you're adding to the pool of the, of the weld when you're TIG welding. So they're, 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 TIG welding gloves are the, if I were to use gloves with the exception of like heavy duty welding gloves, I would get TIG welding gloves. But for forging, I don't like, I don't wear gloves at all. Hmm. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, if I'm heat treating, I guess the only time I would wear gloves is if I'm heat treating either out of my even heat kiln or out of the forge, um, because you usually got a lot of heat and you're spending a lot of time with your hands, like, or at least especially out of the forge, yeah, with your hands in front of the forge. But even like the heat coming out of the oven, fucking intense. So that's probably the only time. Well, an angle grinder. Oh yeah, life. angle grinder for sure. Other than that, mm-hmm. always with yeah. angle grinder. Um, yeah, but other than that, yeah, I never wear gloves when I'm forging. Well, that's I don't with an ankle grinder, you see. That's because um, anything that spins, anything with a sort of rotary spin on it, I make sure I've got nothing close to anything, you know, whether it's gloves or, you know, anything hanging that's over. That's because you have the, the, the blade guard on. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's, yeah. Sensible. Oh, that's yeah, for a sensible that's, man. That's for, that's for, like, elk. You know, you know. <laughs> what are you doing with a blade guard? <laughs> <laughs> let me let me read some of these questions because I mean some of the questions you should ever ask knife makers it's like a, it's like a giant list yeah let's do some more of those uh, Gene Philippe says how much money do you spend on belts each year that's a question you should never ask a knife maker that's a way to an ups- upset a knife yeah, maker was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's a, this one comes from John Pocket Dump 
Oh, why does it cost so much money? Sorry, sorry. Go back. What was your name? Pocket dump. <laughs> He's shitting no, in his pocket. Dump. Pocket dump. John's pocket dump. Jeez. John's pocket dump. Okay. He's a good listener. Okay. Don't make fun of his name. John's pocket dump. <laughs> pocket. John's pocket dump says, "Why does it cost so much money?" Uh, this is my favorite. My favorite knife. My favorite. One of our listeners' names. It, it's just salty. His name is Salty. Salty says, um, "Can I help you make the knife?" That's a good one. Four one nine forging says, "What kind of knife can I get for under a hundred dollars?" That's a question you should never ask a knife maker. <laughs> Mike Nye says, "Is this knife dishwasher safe?" That's another one. Yeah. Uh, Griff says, never ask a knife maker if they've used or do use a, quote, super steel, one that can pierce a tank or cut another blade in half because you've watched way too much anime. Um, <laughs> Ricardo Carrasco says, why do you charge so much when I can buy the same knife on Amazon? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Uh, Matt Vot Matt Vote says uh, never ask how much would a knife cost if I sent you all the material. Uh, BJ Custom says what are you making knives for? Do you want to kill someone? Uh, Derek Riley says why does it cost so much? That's my favorite question. You shouldn't ask a knife maker. Uh, Tagaron says can I get a discount since we've known each other for such a long time? If I get the materials, <laughs> leaf springs for example, will you like make me a knife in exchange? Uh, and Right Edge Works EDC asks, "Hey, have you been on that TV show?" That's, that's a question you shouldn't ask a knife maker. And then uh, a lot of them are sort of about cost, really. Aren't well, they? I mean, yeah, it, 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 the the questions that you shouldn't ask a knife maker, I would imagine, are are just like normal questions, but you don't realize that they're insulting. You know, I think it's like, mm-hmm. you know, people don't realize. You know, I think that especially when they say when they ask you these tough questions like why is it so much money or why is it this, they expect you to like like be a lawyer for yourself, and you should be able to explain yourself without you know. Don't take it personally. (laughs) This is just business when it's all personal. That's why you're not supposed to say these things to people. Yeah. Um, Tell me if you want me to keep going, or we can go on to something else. Well, I think you need to explain yourself a second first. Why the hell would you use a Broadback Ironworks grinder? I 
used it today. It's a wonderful grinder. It's versatile as hell. It goes horizontal and vertical. It's it's well priced. It has a ton of attachments, uh, and the attachments are all awesome. And it's a great knife. It's the one grinder you're going to need. And you should definitely go to broadbackironworks.com, put in promo code Knife Talk, and then you can upgrade to the Moreco Platin, which is a dynamite design. Uh, <clears throat> deep throat, great for handles, great for. It's got a big. <laughs> what's, what are you laughing about? What's, what's the matter? What's the matter? No, it's on. As you okay. were. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's a awesome, it's a great attachment for all your needs, all your knife making needs. You go to broadbeckironworks.com, put in promo code full, put in promo code knife talk, get that Mareko Deep Platinum. There we go. Whilst we're talking about deep throat, <laughs> have you seen the Pam and Tommy um, show? That's on Disney. It's not a Disney. It's on Disney Plus. Get I'm telling you, it's on Disney Plus. It's not on Disney way. Plus. It is on Disney Shut. Plus. The Pam and Tommy. No, it's on, it's, um, it's like on Hulu. Hulu. It's the new show. Well, over here, it's on Disney Plus in the, in, well, in the UK. Damn, and in Disney Europe. Plus in Europe. Yeah. Disney's a little bit more they love that. They love that yeah. dick over in Disney in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that, but I know somebody watched the first episode. They said it's worse than you could possibly imagine. They say it's terrible. As I can imagine. Oh, really? Yeah. Worse isn't because yeah. it's so torrid, or it, it? Well, apparently the acting to everything about it is just terrible. You know, it's it's not a good. I can't watch. believe they have it on Disney but, Plus. That's shocking. Yeah, it's Disney it's Plus. Be in I, I would have thought it would have been worldwide on Disney Plus. But anyway, it certainly is in Europe. Yeah, and they're advertising on like normal TV, and you're like, well, like well, the Pam and Tom, Pam and Tom story. What's this? And it's like coming to Disney Plus. It's like they're Jesus trying to Christ. they're trying to take on the Olympics, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Which which is today? The ceremony is today. It's happening now, isn't it? The opening ceremony. Hmm. I like the winter. We're gonna... I, I think I prefer that to the uh, the what's summer. Your, what's the, the sport Olympics. you like the most? I like the um the oh these what the, well on the snowboards and they do like the freestyling you know and they got to do all these crazy tricks and they they do the one. What it's <laughs> like? Sound like yeah, an expert, really? don't I? It's the one where they're on these boards and they're on ice and they go really fast. <laughs> but um, what's it called? Oh. The half pipe. The no, luge. there's one where it's lit, there's one where it's a ra- they're on snowboards oh, and they do it on racing. skis as well, but it's a race and there's like yeah, yeah, yeah. six Slalom? of them in a line and they they know that no, 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 they race the, together at the same race. time and they're all falling yeah. over each other and it's, it's fucking brilliant. I can't think what it's called. <laughs> it's not speed slope or something. Speed it's something slope. like that. It's not called speed, speed slope. slope. <laughs> what kind of fucking name is that? <laughs> I'm just making <laughs> shit. I, honestly, do you I, take the rolling chair down? The, I'm gonna, slope? I'm gonna Google. I'm what gonna Google. Kind of name? What, what That's the best the name you got. Speed slope. <laughs> right, bear with me. I'm gonna carry on with the next question. I'm gonna need well, to find this. Because, honestly, more, let me read a couple more. Let me read a couple more while we're here. Uh, questions that you should not ask a knife maker. And what I'm gonna do next week is I want you to, I want you, the listener, to send in questions that knife makers shouldn't say to their customers. <laughs> slope. It's called slope style, by the oh, way. It's called slope a style. Terrible name too. Speed slope is so much Speed better. Slope's better. Speed slope is a million times better than slope style. These are terrible names. But it's great because they always fall over. I said there's these are six or eight of them racing together, and yeah, they're crashing into. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Okay. Uh, Tree Hill Custom Knives says, here's a question that you should never ask a knife maker. Do you think uh, you could make a knife like insert your name here because they're just too expensive? 
Oh, my God. <laughs> and this one comes from JVB Knives Canada, who just had a baby boy. Congratulations to your, your new family. Baby Luigi, well done. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Here's a good one. This one you should never ask a knife maker. Are you able to make it any faster? And then the follow-up question is, can I watch you make it? Yeah, it's no good. Oh. I once had a customer come up and call me uh, midway through. He's like, I want to come and help finish the knife. And I was just like, he's like, I think it'd be really important to me to be able to come up and finish <laughs> but, the knife. They can come hand sand the knife. I, the, I, was, I was just like, it's not going to be that important to to you or me. <laughs> and, I said, and all I imagine is the guy comes up, he's got like a bandana around his head, like well, like uh, like Steve Carell from the <laughs> he's office, all like out. Prison Mike. I don't know if you remember that. And he's like looking like a blue. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like this fucking goofball. Yeah, yes. You know, like New York City, like working guys. Ready like to work. Fucking, he's got his, he's got uh, his fucking bandana wrapped around his head and he's just like ready to fucking. Kelton. Oh, he's on Fortune I'm ready ones, to fucking yeah. pump some milk. I'm ready to fucking <laughs> pump some milk. I was, I was just like, yo, bro, it isn't like that, man, at all. Yeah, I'm going to, I'll let you sweep, but that's just about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then uh, Zach Reimer says, have you ever seen Forge and Fire? Definitely don't say that to a knife maker. Fire, Ice, and Forge says, uh, do you have insurance to keep the law from coming after you if your knife is used for to someone? I'm probably not selling this person if their IG has nothing but gore and sacrifice stuff on it. If oh, they geez. ask me. Fire, Ice, and Forge. Uh, CJ Miller says, uh, here's a question you should never ask a knife maker. Hey, I really like your work, but it's a bit out of my price range. Would you make me one for half the amount? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Half is good, too. I'll, yeah. read, I'll read a couple yeah. more. We got, we got a couple more. We have a, few, a lot more, but I'll just read a couple more when we go back to questions. Zach Bonner says, can you do it cheaper? Is the most common thing that I get. My response is always, no dipshit. I can't, LOL. And then uh, Kale, our main man Kale B says, "Can you make me a sword for a hundred dollars? If you can't, uh, if you can't, then you're not as good as those Fortune Fire guys." <laughs> and then uh, I got a million. I mean, I legitimately got a pile of them. So we can whatever you want to do. Yeah, we'll pepper them in overcoming shows. Okay. Maybe. Okay. All right, um, uh, Morocco. Do you want to take this one from Joe Egbert? Yes. He says, I have a post vise that I need to clean up and weld some spots on the jaws to level out. Uh, any tips on the best way to do it? Would there be any reason to use hard-facing rod like some people do on anvils? So I think this is a better question for Jeff, but my guess is you don't need the hard-facing well, rods. Well, I actually reached, when I read this, I reached out to Chris Cash of the Axe and Iron Podcast okay. because he is Mr. Restoration. And I asked him the question, yes. and I said to him basically. So I, my, what I asked him was, are post vices, are the jaws usually hardened? And he said, majority of post vices do not have hardened jaws. The majority of them, some of them do, but I mean, he. A lot of times, you see him and other blacksmiths are straightening the jaws of post. I'm talking about post vices. I'm not talking or leg vices. I'm not talking about like your the thing you got from the uh, Harbor Freight or, or Home Depot. So what he said was, is you can for sure with like most post vices, obviously you want to try to figure out what it is, but you can re restore it with, you know, regular MIG wire because I mean, you're not really, I mean, you know, they're not really meant to be, they're meant to be able to be damaged. You know, you want to dam, you know, you don't want to be able to fix them. You don't want them to be rock hard. Sure. Did he suggest preheating 
the jaws some before doing some forging so you get I, some decent uh well i don't know no, he just basically said you know if uh, if they're if they're you know some of them are going to be some of them are going to be wrought iron some of them are going to be mild steel uh just go for it yeah. and he, he said just you know he's you want to try to figure out what it is but i mean they're most of the post vice jaws most a majority of them not all of them but a majority of them aren't heat treated so there's no real reason right. to worry about hard face rods yeah okay okay cool oh, you could just buy yourself a new post vice from texas farriersupply.com you think they have post using knife talk do they have post vices well, farrier supplies you would have thought maybe i don't are know you lying but, to our, but are maybe you lying to our <laughs> Maybe there's a really tenuous link to one of our suppliers there, our sponsors. Um, but TexasFarrowSupply.com, um, they got everything you need, um, whether you're a knife maker or a, a farrier or whatever you may be, a blacksmith, whatever you may be, um, including Indasa Rhinoet, which is the best sandpaper. We all use it. Um, it saves you time and therefore it saves you money. Um, but, you know, if you go into TexasFarrowSupply.com, um, if you put in Knife Talk 10, you'll get 10% off your order as well. So make sure you do that. Right. Okay. Dude, so you were talking about Chris Cash. Those forging set up, uh, what is it, the workstations he's been putting out? Those things are fucking Chris sick. Is, Chris is, Chris, Chris, those guys do a great job. He makes, yeah, he makes these setups Dude, with, so like, cool. it's got a vice, and he, he really does a nice job. And he was actually on the last, in the recent episode of the Axe and Iron podcast, he says that there's a lot of people who are totally ripping him off. And it's like, but I mean, at the same time, he's like, they're doing a lousy job, too. So, yeah, his his sets are really cool. Everything, you get what you pay everything for. he does is really nice. I, you know. I'm a I'm yeah. a I'm a giant. I talked to him today. I had a great conversation. He's a dynamite guy, dynamite a hustler of the, of the highest order. Hardworking. Can't find a nicer guy than Chris Cash. Nice. Another Chris has a message. Us, Chris Novak. Um, hey guys, what speed do you guys uh, run finer belts like two twenty and above on your grinder? He said I still have difficulty with mm. belt chatter, even with a soft backing and low speed. Um, really. Jeff, two twenty and above. What sort of speeds? Ah, uh, I mean, two twenty and above. If I'm using a bla- a platen, I'm going less than fifty percent. You know, especially if it's brand new, uh, because I don't want that chatter. And I wonder that chatter is the seam. Obviously, the seam of the joint. You know, the two twenty belts are that very thin, uh, that very thin uh, J flex belt. I heard. I think we may have mentioned it years ago. Is a friend of ours was like kind of sanding down those, sanding down a little bit of the mm. the belt seam. What tape? I mm. would I would say the name, but I don't that want them like to have to idea. call me back and say that wasn't me. But uh, I think that some <laughs> people are. You know, you could do that, or you put a little. If you put like some sort of backing behind it, so, so like even just like a couple pieces of like blue tape in, on your on your hard platen, you might get less of that chatter. Mm. I've done that. Where it, I would have thought sanding down that tape because the tape isn't sort of impregnated into the belt. It's that's why I didn't say the name on the out the outside of the belt. So you, you likely get slapped. That's in why the I didn't say the belt. name of yeah. Adam from Bill Sharp. I would say that one. What? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would be a really bad idea. Adam from Bill Sharp says you should just cut them off. <laughs> cut the belts off. <laughs> just kidding. I think it was him. Uh, um, but yeah, um, belt. That, that's an interesting one actually about running. Um, what sort of speeds? Because I mean, majority of us probably don't really know what speeds we're running. It's all sort of by feel. Um, because you know, if we've got VFDs, they're, they're given a, like a hertz level as opposed to like an RPM. Sure. Or if you don't have VFD, you won't have a clue anyway. Um, 
So yeah, I bet you, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we're all running very, very different speeds just because we do what we're used to. You know, sure. there's no sort of dial into number nine in your way. But obviously, it depends so, if you're getting a different reaction if you're using a platen or not. If you're not, if you're oh, not yes, using a platen, yeah, there's, there's a no wheel, yeah. chatter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, ways you can create a softback. Um, you can take, say, you got uh, a bunch of Scotch Bright belts from combat, and they get to a point where they're kind of worn out, and you can't really use them conventionally anymore um i have friends who have taken um and cut those belts into like short strips that fit right on top of the platen and and either glue it to or like have a sacrificial platen or not like a temporary platen Mm. that slaps on the front or or uh it kind of yeah or or make a platen where anyways you got the scotch bright uh glued to it and then that acts as as a bit of a cushion to help smooth out that potential chatter um well cushion for the pushing (laughs) exactly (laughs) okay aggressive what was your answer a long one what do you do um all of you oh me um well i said uh, you know i get you know the feel for it it's hard to sort of to tell you what sort of speed because let's say with the vfd it's gonna be in hertz and they're not not always gonna be the same for everybody less than half um yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe half. I, I, I don't know. I don't know is the answer until I put a belt on and I, and I, and I, and I feel it. I, I don't know. I don't have a standard sort of. I'm always changing speed, so I don't just turn it on and it's at that speed. I've got a knob yeah. right next to. <laughs> hey, hey, she said, yeah. a knob right next to me, which I like to play with. Such <laughs> a, yeah, really pathetic. It's pathetic. You're a fucking. It's pathetic. <laughs> so, Mar- I, I usually go ahead, Mareko. <laughs> I have mine running at a, on my broadback with the VFD. I have it running about 40 um, because I think also usually those higher grit belts are alumina oxide. And as I understand, alumina oxide wants to be ran a little bit on the slower side. Um, but it also depends on what I'm actually doing. So if I'm using it to sharpen a knife, I'm running at like 15. Or But if I'm handle sculpting, I'm usually around 30. And if I'm doing some blade stuff, I'm around 40, 20 to 40, depending on um, how close to the edge. And how, I am. and if I'm, sorry, if I'm, keep going. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, if I'm like doing an S grind and I'm riding the hollow, like I'll bump it up to 40. But if I'm then working the convex along the, uh, closer to the cutting edge, then I'll pull it down to 20. Um, and it's a little slower and takes a little longer, but I am less likely to overheat that cutting edge as I'm refining it. And, sh- and how are you dealing with it. the chatter? I don't really experience Ooh. chatter. Hmm. Oh, because of the heart. No, yeah, because I I, I do the scotch okay. bright behind so you the little padding, and so I'm not getting it. I got a little padding, and none of my knives like there's no flat areas on any of my knives, uh, especially on the blades. So, um, yeah, I'm usually creating a convex or something, and so it's riding on a, uh, either a rotary platen or it's got the, um, or it's got the scotch bright over kind of the radius platen for getting into the hollow with that I've, I've used blue tape and i've used blue t- layers okay. of blue tape uh, on the platen and that's been just enough to negate the 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 chatter and also i do the same thing i get sure. like a green scotch bright cut it to the size of the platen and then i use blue tape to bl- tape it on yeah. yeah sure all right so there you go platen talk there we go. Yeah, and again, those those figures that Morocco's given, it's going to depend on what motor you have, what size drive wheel you have. You know, don't take exactly. those as a, as a as a written. You know. Yeah. 
Okay, Mark LeBlanc, um, what do you look for when choosing the steel for your knives, or why did you choose the steel you are currently using? Is it cost, availability, hardness, etc.? Um, okay, um, your, your sort of favorite steel that you use the most, Mareka, what would that be? I mean, most of the knives I'm making are forged out of Damascus, and I'm using 1080 and 15 and 20 um, for that steel co- for making my patterns. Mm. Um, sometimes I throw 1095 in there if I'm looking for a little bit more of a gray tone. Um, but uh, I, I use those because they forge together nicely. Uh, they heat treat at very similar temperatures. Uh, and yeah, they just play nicely together when it comes to forging. And, it, you know, the forging and Damascus making process is already hard enough. Don't need to make right. it harder on myself by using a really terrible mismatched combination of steels. Mm. So... 1080 and 15 and uh, 15 and 20 is pretty uh kill the dow yeah yeah i typically use 52 100 if i'm using a carbon steel or i'll use a sandvik 14 c28 um if i'm using stainless that's so fancy when you say it and the the only reasons for that really is because i'm used to using them um so i can get you know I'm, I'm sort of experienced in them. And I think if I went to a different steel, I'd have, there's a bit of a learning curve again. So it's just what sure. I know. Um, availability is good. And, you know, I like what Sandvik sort of stand for and all that kind of stuff as well. But, um, Jeff, what are your favorite steels? Well, there's something that you said that's very important, and I think we've said it before. Um, finding a steel that you feel comfortable with and <clears throat> sticking with it. And, I, you know, I was talking to, I wasn't talking to, I was watching the uh, Jason Knight's Forge series. And he says that you should find the steel that you like using, that you're comfortable with, with the heat treatment, and stick with it. And I really believe in that. So for carbon steel, I like 1084, uh, and I like um, 52100. And for stainless, I'm I'm in love with 440C. I think it's great. It's I have really good results with the heat treatment. I like the way it looks. I like the way it. I don't like the way it grinds, but I like the way it finishes. I like the way it holds an edge. I just I really I like the way it has. I like the mill scale. I like. I really have found myself to really enjoy it. But at the same time, I definitely want to get my hands on some of that magna cut and uh, give it a whirl. But, sure. you know, 440C, which I one time I wrote something. Years ago I wrote, I made this knife out of 440C, and, and somebody just popped in and wrote, what do you think this is, 1982? Something like that. Like, you know, what is this, Rambo knife? And he was like, that's so, like, 1982. It was like, he was ins- I, was, I was slightly insulted. But it works for me. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? If it works for you, everybody's got their own uh, criteria, what they want, and, you know, the tools that they have and the way they work. So, yeah, there's no right or wrong. Can you guys hear that in the background? What is it? It's a little go-kart, propane power go-kart. There's these fucking boneheads back here making a bunch of noise. No, it sounds... Wait, who who is... Who's... They have, like... Who is this with go-karts? Oh, it's just like I think I think they're uh, videographers and photographers, but they they got they're all apparently they're set up back here on the patio. I didn't realize. No, we don't hear them. And but they got. All, I'm not going to be mad okay. if you go yell at them. <laughs> <laughs> I almost this one fucking kid kept going in and out this little uh, the porch 
the porch door and it screen door and it kept slamming when it would close and i was like what the fuck are you doing you, you i'm sitting right here with the <laughs> goddamn fucking microphone recording you can see my screen you're just being a dick oh man you gotta be careful man <laughs> some of the some of you say the wrong i miss the days of morocco in a shared space <laughs> it's always like entertainment i tell you what so you better be careful man they might get a you know a crossbow in your ear <laughs> I get an antler, antler up the ass. See a red dot on the back of your head any second. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. uh, jeez. Right. right, I tell you what, we are, what are we? We're hour and 15 minutes in. Shall we do one or two more of the listener um, things you don't say to a yes. night maker and maybe call it a day? Uh, are we, yeah, whatever you want. We got, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let me get back to it. Okay, questions that you should never ask a knife maker. Gabriel Samaron says, where did you send that knife to have the handle made? That's a question you shouldn't ask a knife maker. <laughs> I've had this. <laughs> you only do the steel, I've had right? this question asked so many times. I have to tell people more than three times that uh, I made it until they believe me. It's more than mildly annoying. Um, Mitch Fenton says. <laughs> because they can tell just by looking at you. There's no way you could have done that. <laughs> they, don't have, they don't believe you. You're full of shit. They Who don't really made it? You, you're, not, you're not presenting yourself as someone who's capable of making it. That, I'd be insulted, too. I'd be insulted, too. That's why you'll never catch me in one of these things with, like, a table full of knives. I just cannot handle the the... the Constant the nonsense offenses. people are going to say, <laughs> don't you don't get him angry. You know, this is what um, this comes from Mitch Fenton. Uh, do you forge your knives? Or you just cut them out. That drives me up the wall. <laughs> Travis Mullen says, why is it so expensive? Uh, that would annoy the shit out of me. Um, I did get somebody. I think you said that, Mareko, that somebody sent you this long email Tell, asking you to justify the price of your knife. Oh yeah, that is <laughs> yeah. so aggressive. That's so. What's what? I don't understand. Is like this person thinks that I owe that to them hmm. when I easily am just like no, and then <laughs> del- delete the yeah. email. <laughs> Done. I bet they're raging. I bet they're sitting at home waiting for this reply. Could, yeah, they're just sitting there. <laughs> that there is definitely. Name. I mean, it is. It is. It's. People don't really think about the things that they say. They just say whatever pops in their mind, and then it becomes obnoxious. Jerry Saunders says, don't say this to a knife maker. Uh, That's great, and I love it, but can you make a half an inch longer? Um, (laughs) LTLT says, topics to never ask a knife maker about. Can you replicate this exact design that someone else already made? To be honest, unless it's a historic design that someone's done and it's timeless, you're asking someone to plagiarize someone else's due diligence, and you should uh, really question why the person will just buy the design from the original maker. Nick Hershey says, questions not to ask a knife maker, and yeah, I was asked this. Can you make a knife that's the shape of a sequoia tree, but it is sharp on one side and a butter knife on the other? <laughs> I recently, Jesus I recently, what? well, yeah, I mean, you know, the, that is, is that like a some type of cheese I, knife? I guess a sequoia. I, I don't know why it has to be a sequoia. I have gotten people look at, I, they'll send me a message, I look at your work and I know your work and I'm trying to like separate myself out to have some style and then they'll send me stuff that I just don't make. And it's like, mm. it is amazing that the, 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 the need to try to in, insert their own creative genius into something that you know won't work, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Do you think it comes from talentless hacks? I think it comes... Who just want to feel like they have some it, hand in creating something, even though they just themselves are incapable I, of creating it, things? I, I wouldn't say ta- talentless hacks, but I mean, it is. It's true. It's, it's, pe- <laughs> it's, people, who, it's people who want to... Ins- it's the same people who says, uh, you know what you should do, and they have this great idea, and they're trying to tack on themselves into you. They're trying to attach themselves to you. I told uh, yeah. him to do that. Yeah. I think it's the name custom knives as that well. That was my was, idea. When we say we do custom knives, I think that that means people think they can that they can just, you know, customize it themselves and you know get a bit involved with it, you know. I see so much especially like Facebook ads and things like that and you see stuff online where you know these people call themselves craftspeople where basically they just they just buy in shit in from China and they're like burn in on initials or something they'll, they'll, they'll monogram something for you and calling themselves craftsmen you know and i think people are seeing that all the time so when they, you then you know you've you've got something that you know is made from from you know bare materials they still think you know it is literally just a case of that you can just you know just monogram you know just monogram my name on it or you know they want they want some sort of say in it because as, as Morocco said they they want to feel as if there's some sort of ownership of them in the making but if you you think about it it is really being able to customize something for someone is is quite a it's a it's generous in the sense that you are giving someone the opportunity that they might not get like if you go to a restaurant you get a menu and you don't really off-road the menu now i do have we do have a listener who loves to off-road the menu which because he feels that he feels that he wants to he wants to challenge the chef which annoys which (laughs) trust me they don't need your they don't need your challenging ps but there are people who (laughs) like the idea that you're getting this incredible it's an incredible it's generous of the knife maker to incorporate something of their life but then they overreach you know can you make it with i one guy one guy said to me I want you. I want a knife for the kitchen. I want it to be like the size of a, a, a paring knife, but I want the I want the tip to be a screwdriver. <laughs> and I said, "What do you want it for a screwdriver?" He's like, "We don't know if I have to do a screw." I'm like, "So you're going to cut some f- fruit and vegetable, and then you're going to screw some screws?" I'm like, "You don't need that. It doesn't it doesn't really work like that." Screwdriver. He's like, "Oh, I just always wanted a knife that I could." I'm like, "What are you taking your rusty tools from your fucking toolbox and you're cooking dinner with it? Come on, man." Shucking yeah. oysters with flatheads. I mean, it, it, people like people really <laughs> like that. Uh, here's a couple more. Uh, I just lost my space. Uh, okay, uh, Jeff Jeff's Hand Forge says, "Here's a question: Don't ask a knife maker. How much does that cost? Okay, well, how much does it cost if I buy the steel and then you just make it? There's a lot of that. There's I love that. <laughs> that is the best. Is like, well, what happens if I bring you the steel and the wood? Well, it's just still more work for me. You know, it's like, I mean, that doesn't really, that's not the fucking thing. Uh, celery pet. Pa- yes, cash uh, price. That is, that is the funniest part is in like, you know, uh-huh. you know, your wooden handles and your, in your leaf spring are like cherished gold items. Oh, the, the labor's nothing. It's just the materials. <laughs> celery patch knives here says, here's questions you should never ask a knife maker. Number one, can you put my, the, Put the cut when the can you put my aka the customer's maker's mark on your knife, which I have heard. I said to a message to a, a guy, I said, All right, here's what it looks like, here's my maker's mark. And the customer said, Well, what about my maker's mark? I'm like, Well, you're not the fucking maker, are you? <laughs> number, number two, and then uh, number two is 
Uh, the maker says, I exclusively carry culinary knives, and the customer says, well, then, can you make me a sword? There's a lot of that. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that uh, uh, Steve and Danny yeah. right down in California with their laser. One of the they used to they would inscribe the spines, and one of the one of the one, favorite my favorite ones I saw was it, it said "Not your fucking knife." Yeah, uh, <laughs> along the spine. That, yeah, because <laughs> I think people taking it into the sh- into the kitchen, you know, other people want to grab it and use it because it's better than anything else. Well, I have oh, four more. It's not your fucking I have knife. Four more if you want to run them down. Uh, one thing is it's interesting, and I wonder what you think about that, Craig, based on what Marco just said. Now, when you have a laser printer and you're able, or a laser jet or la- laser whatever to, to engrave, engrave, whatever the hell you call it, <laughs> fucking laser. Laser, please, laser beams. Freaking laser beams. Yeah. Does it, when somebody says, can you put this on the knife, do you feel, is it obnoxious or do you not give a shit? I use mine very sparingly. Very sparingly, um, just because I've seen some fucking all you know people overusing them awfully. Um, I mean, any, anything could be done, yeah, but it's it's a matter of taste, I think, isn't it? You know, and you know when I first had it, I you know I just wanted to put you know the, the type of steel written on it and all these different things, and you know and it's, the more I use it, the less I use it. If that yeah. makes any sense. Um, you don't want to class up that ass with some cool designs on it? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've done some with it with some nice designs, and some people do some really great stuff. Um, but, you know, it, it suits their style, I suppose, you know, whereas, you know, my style is very sort of pared back. Um, yeah, it's easy to go crazy with them and just go f- fucking nuts. But We, uh, had, we had a customer, uh, Allison was telling me that they wanted me to do this knife, and they wanted me to put some, you know, engrave something on it, and I wrote back, well, we don't really do that. And uh, Allison sent her away, and then she says, "Oh, don't worry. They said that they'll take it to their guy." I'm like, "I hope their guy is a fucking <laughs> kid with a Dremel, <laughs> fucking kid with a ball, <laughs> kid with a ball bit." <laughs> I said, "Go ahead." And uh, she's like, "Do you slip in all yeah. over the place?" She said, yeah. "Do you care?" And I'm like, "I don't give a fuck. You can take it as soon as they get it. They can throw it out the window for all I care. They give a fuck. They want to give their kid a fucking Dremel and say, put it and spell out, spell out like I love you. Go ahead, knock him dead. But as long as it doesn't come back." Um, Matt the Wangle battery and some lemon Matt juice. Matt the Wangle, our old good friend Matt the Wangle says questions you should never ask a knife maker. Have you ever heard of Fortune Fire? Uh, do you make your own steel or do you just buy it? Uh, can you? <laughs> or do you just buy it? <laughs> you lazy, lazy. That's a great one. That is a great one. Do you make your own steel or do you just buy it? Uh, can you make a sword? Uh, and then can you sharpen my shitty knife here? Um, three uh, more. Three more. Uh, Gal Vidmar says, "Can you uh, questions you shouldn't ask a knife maker? Can you make me two knives for the price of one?" Um, Benko Wald, Benko Wald is back. Uh, question you should never ask a knife maker. Will it keel? That's for them. <laughs> and then the last one is Tristan Benedict, who says, Hey, guys, uh, not really what you shouldn't say to a knife maker, but what you shouldn't do. I wish people would stop shaving their arms with my knife, especially if they're not going to be buying them. I don't want your gross arm hair on my nice new knife. <laughs> <laughs> arm hair, that's <laughs> fucking gross. So, like at a show, yeah, let me or see if it shaves my arm. Ooh, let me just check the edge. Imagine, oh, let me see how it shaves my arm. No, 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 we're not shaving your arm. We don't want your DNA on this for fucking thing. Get out of here. <laughs> so the listeners oh, came through, guys. The listeners came through. They did. We had plenty. Yeah, we had plenty. That was right. good. That was we'll good. Do some. Listen, next week there's going to be a bit of a quiz again. Next week. Um, oh boy. So. 
bone up on the news this week because <laughs> um, it's going to be news based, um, and there may well be some sort of knife blacksmithing related. You for news me and Morocco? Questions. For you and Morocco. You get a bone yes. up. Bone up. Uh, and on that note. <laughs> thank you for listening we shall speak to you again next week bye for now this show is brought to you by the makery that was good that was fun that That was was good fun fun, dude and i gotta say mareko not only is your um your connection great this week that the audio sounds great too oh dude that was so much fun Uh, i'm gonna ask more questions because they I really activated like I was surprised I only needed 24 hours to get all those questions so I might do more of that uh, throughout the week that was a lot of fun they, they, they uh, yeah. people are mad it was hilarious <laughs> totally hilarious yeah. Dude, the whole I've, I've heard the whole forging versus stock uh, people asking other makers did you forge this or is it just is it just stock removal? That's what I get a lot. Yeah, Fuck. that is yeah. so, so you stupid. Know Honor gets that a lot that on his because uh, he he <clears throat> Honor uh, dies in every film has his videos. He's dealing with with a video service, I think, and and they're on Facebook, and he's just getting gajillion views, and he's seeing these people saying, "Oh, That's I great. could do that with a you know with a uh, all he's doing is just <laughs> cutting it out. I could do that." Is it is the mo- probably the worst thing you can say to a person, just like how you know. You yeah. can do better. What's hilarious is those those keyboard warriors. I swear to God, if they got behind, God played a steel, like set up in the shop, they would look like the biggest hapless piece of shit. Because <laughs> I one thousand percent guarantee that they actually could not do that. Yeah, People oh, just yeah. like to talk. Well, anybody so who shit. could would know that you wouldn't say those things. Shit. You know, I think that's the that's right. the key. Put up or shut up. All right, let's do well, it. I mean, that's. Yeah. The, I mean, that was the problem. That was one of the. That was one of the problems for Metal Shop Masters was the the criticism people had from the industry towards the contestants and the judges. I mean, they were vilified. They were all vilified. Oh, it was sucked, and that the guy, that she's terrible, and who the fuck does she think she is? And there's a lot of there's a lot of angry people who should be focusing their energy elsewhere. You know. Hmm. Speaking of speaking of focusing our energy, I get I'm having a wonderful time playing Wordle, and I get messages from Tomer and Craig at three o'clock in the morning because they get the Wordle way faster than I do. I'm enjoying playing Wordle very much. Well, we we everybody get gets obviously at midnight, so you know when the day changes, that's when the new Wordle appears. Um, so if you wanted it early, you could just change the time on your laptop and you I would don't. get it earlier. But um, but I, I've, be, I've been having terrible trouble sleeping the last sort of two weeks. So I'm generally up at midnight and I'm like, oh, I can do oh, the Wordle right. now. Um, and it's got to a point where I'm looking forward to it. You know, oh, it's midnight soon. Midnight soon. <laughs> so sad my life has become. But um, <laughs> Have you tried melatonin? Uh, no, no, no. But um, yeah, have you, have you tried one yet, Miracle or Wordle yet? I don't have any games. No, it's on you my go to. It's not a. No, it's, it's on a, download. You just go to a website and then it just comes up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's not. A, it's no. an app or anything. It's very good. Not. It's a, it's easy mm. because it's like, 
five letter words and then you and then you have to kind of like use deduction to figure out the word it's a lot of fun I, my wife loves it uh, she, my, our kid does it I, I get you know I got Tomers all all over the place he cursing at me he wrote he did it one time he listened to this podcast he said it to me and he wrote eat my ass when he answered the question <laughs> he says this is even my first language so I've just sent you a link Morocco to your phone um okay. Of something oh, yeah. I'm launching. We'll talk Monday. about it now. Um, this is Monday. Okay. Shall we yeah. talk? About it? It's Monday, isn't it? It is Monday. Um, so I've made a wordle. I've made a wordle called Sharple. Oh, I thought it was Bladle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think Sharple was better. Sharple. It was going to be Bladle. So it's Sharple. Basically, it's wordle uh, for knife makers. So all the words are knife related. Okay. Um, yeah, could be some fun. So share share your results. Um, Where will it be? On your Instagram. Um. It'll be on the new Knife Look Talk Look at website, you. going live Monday You're too. You're a goddamn genius. So, yeah, the Makery.network will be live on Monday as well as KnifeTalk.net. Um, and each of them will have a link to Sharple, which is Wordle for uh So for do you want makers. to explain the rules so our listeners can know them and not and what you should and shouldn't do? Surely people they don't. know about so so okay so so if if you don't know what Wordle is it's it's a quiz where every day everybody has the same answer to this quiz it's 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 a word so you have a five letter word and you have five attempts to guess this five letter word and everybody has the same word so it's not like individual to you you only get a new word once a day so it's not one of these addictive things that you'd always play in um, and so you 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 guess five letters. And it'll tell you if any of those letters are in the word. So if it goes yellow, you know the letters in the word, but maybe you've got it in the wrong place. I'm, I'm seeing six rows. Six rows. Yes, you have six attempts, maybe. Six attempts, sorry. Okay. And if it's green, that means you've got the letter right and it's in the right place as well. Mm. So if you imagine five, you know, five gaps for these letters and you have these six attempts to make them. So it's just real fun. It's And for something so simple, it's surprisingly addictive and again even though you only get one a day it's yeah it's you it's think nice. that it's obnoxious it's nice. but it is obnoxious when people post about how smart they are it is fun i do enjoy sending it off to you and you you'll send me one that you know you did it better than me or you know it, it is fun and it's <laughs> it's not as awful as i thought it would be i do enjoy it. i do it like first thing in the morning yeah it's fun i enjoy it i enjoy it um, so anyway, yeah, so they'll be live on Monday. So yeah, so post your, your Sharple results. Let's see if we've got any clever... But um, you shouldn't you shouldn't listeners. spoil it. Yeah, yeah, just give your, your you know, if, you, if you've played Wordle, you know you'll have a grid, which doesn't reveal the answer, but it shows how good you are at it. I how suppose. many attempts you got in it. Um, and you can do the same thing with Sharple. You can, you can share your... Um, your, your colored yeah. grid. I think that's nice of you to but do that. If you don't know what it is, this makes no sense at all. Fine. But, um, it's fun. fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. It's all good. So what's everybody... So yeah. what are you up to this week, you guys? What, apart from Morocco, obviously you're, you're traveling. Um, traveling. On the road. On the road again. Um, are you traveling alone or are you traveling with others? Uh, I'm... So Neil invited me to this Winter Strong um, elk pumping... <laughs> Uh, event and so <laughs> elk pump 2000 elk pumping. It's elk pumping, event. <laughs> pumping iron pumping elk right <laughs> elk. The me this elk pumping event. <laughs> no it's good it's fun um and there's a lot of great people here honestly um 
but yeah, so I'll, he and I will be going together down to Georgia, uh, down to uh, like a suburb of Atlanta, uh, to go do some work um, teaching. I, a couple of years ago, I went and did some teaching uh, for with Zach Brown. So um, Zach Brown is a musician, and he does all kinds of creative stuff. He's always been a creative person, and, and uh, he's really been trying to up his knife-making skills in the last few years. And uh, I've been... Helping. That's awesome. Like oh, coming cool. down and teaching them. <clears throat> yeah. In his, what's the name of his uh, his knife company called? Uh, so he doesn't. He ended up selling Southern Ground to. I can't even remember the name oh, of the company cares? that bought it. Congratulations. Uh, so, so it's. Wow. wow. Nice. Yeah, that was fast. Yeah. It's good. Hmm. Jeff, you know, <clears> well, this is Friday, so my my wife and daughter are going away tomorrow to into the city so i'm actually going to f- do some forging on saturday uh i have to prepare for the uh, class i'm teaching at the center for metal arts and the class i'm teaching at dog uh dragons with forge so i needed i got a day so i'm gonna do that and then <clears throat> i get another day coming up where my buddy sunset forge is gonna send me a drift i'm gonna make another hammer so i'm looking forward to that Boy. and then this coming week there is there's work to be had. There's work to be done. I'm, I'm waiting for some uh, G10 to come in. I'm hoping to. I'm hoping the G10 arrives right when I finish hand sanding this set. I got four more knives to hand sand, and then mm. I want to get this set out. Set to a friend of mine who had a very specific idea in mind, and I, I'm looking forward to that. And then I got the next batch of uh, Neptune Sunrise. Offset serrated coming up, which I'm very excited about. I did the first one, and I'm waiting for the those to come, the the knives to come, so I can heat treat them, grind them, and put the serrations in them, and put the handles on them, and then we're gonna do the fader forks, and we're gonna, blah, 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 blah. it's all good. I'm working hard. All good. Nice, Thanks. nice. Either of you watching anything good at the moment? The new season of Ozark is is that been show out. good? It's fucking good. Everyone I like it. Everyone talks a lot, about it, and personally. I'm just like, I don't know if I can handle another series. Hmm. I, I remember I watched the first one when it came out a couple of years ago, and it was great, but for some reason I didn't watch the second, so I'm. They're I'm on the behind. fourth season. It's on the fourth. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, so. Wow. I remember it being great, but I, first, I don't know why I didn't watch the others. I don't, I don't really know. Sure, sure. Hmm. Sure. We're watching um, Money Heist at the moment. Um, oh, right. How's that? It's it's good, but it's one of those things. It's I think it was originally Spanish, so it's it's dubbed. Yes. So I, I, I oh, normally struggle with subtitles. With, no, they, they they've got like you know voiceover. You know they 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 oh. sort of re revoiced it in in English, um, but they don't match the the people. So yeah, it's that. great, but it's every now and again you're just like fucking hell, this is terrible. But it <laughs> it draws you in because it's just loads of action, you know. So yeah, so we're. Well, I feel like this. Sometimes the story suffers a bit from the translation because usually they try to translate it so the the uh, the voiceover matches the movement mm. of the foreign language speaker. But it's first that's always terrible, like you're saying. Yeah. But it does change the story. Yeah. And but, I, I hate that aspect. So yeah. I but, always I always watch dubbed. Yeah. Or, the actual uh, events of it are, are brilliant because it, it keeps you in because there's stuff always happening, you know. But yeah, every now right. and again you're just like, Jesus, this sucks. The acting, but. Uh, it's good. It's good. I tried getting into the uh, fucking The Witcher. The Witcher. Oh, I yeah? Just, I mean, it's no, like... I haven't seen any of I, that. I think no. I'm waiting for it to no, get good. I haven't watched it. I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like How many episodes in are you? I mean, I watched the first season thinking something's going to happen. And, you know, oh, I'm like, into the second season, I'm just like... <laughs> 
All right, he grunts and he's got white hair and just, I mean, I just don't really and I just couldn't get in. It wasn't doing it for me. I'm thinking all my friends watch it. I'm just like, maybe I should watch this. I'm just like, oh, this is fucking terrible. Hmm. And then uh, actually, I can't believe this, but I'm, I'm I watch we watched the uh, NFL uh, playoffs. It was so goddamn exciting. It was so goddamn exciting. Like both really? games, my wife and I watched that, and then um, I bought Book of Boba Fett. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm not. Really? No spoilers, but I tell you what, it's very exciting. Oh. Have you seen um, Afterlife? I did. Yet? I finished it last night. Oh, that depressing looks so as good. fuck. Oh, it is depressing. It's just it's brilliant, but it's that. Oh, it kills Why you. Why does it have to be so goddamn over depressing over. all the time? Yeah, it's like I mean. Yeah. Because that's real life. No, Jeff. but he's like he's like overtly <laughs> like flirting with suicide like every episode. It's like yeah. he's like it's yeah. just like all right, you're sad. Then are these then are these moments of complete joy, and then they just take them away from you, and it's just like oh Jesus, yeah. You know you're expecting the dog to oh, die yeah. as well, and it's all like oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like he's like, he, he just kicks you in the teeth. That Ricky Gervais, yeah. it's, it's done very well. But uh, I'm sure that would be the last. Oh, I don't think there'll be any more of that. Well, that's his move, well, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Do you think Derek was, like, weird? I love Derek. I think it's possibly better than Afterlife. I I loved it. Do you... you Loved it. It's weird that he plays a character with, with, yeah, with, you know, a reduced mental capacity, should we say. Do you um, think that was appropriate? That's a very kind way of saying that. uh, It was a a tough one. I've got this thing when people say, is that appropriate? They're actors. That's what they're doing. They're acting. I, that's, I, I, that's literally their job, right? Yeah. Yeah. To pretend some, to be somebody they're not? Yeah, exactly. I yeah. No. I, I watched I the whole thing. And I, I thought it was good, but at the same time, I was just like, he's also like, I don't know. Ricky's, he's, his, he's, I love, I love everything he does, but some of it's just yeah. like, Derek was like, oh, this is fucking weird. Yeah, I think it's Derek is very British as well. Uh, saying that, the, the first office was was very sort of British as well. You know, a lot of sort of British cultural re- references, that kind of thing. But um, I think I think he's brilliant. And when you, you know, offensive, yeah, he is. That's what he is, isn't it? You know. But um, yeah, love it. When he love did it. the Golden Globes, those are the greatest. He, those are the greatest oh things God. of all time. So good. He was yeah. interviewing. <laughs> so he good. said, "This is the probably one of the funniest things I'll never forget." When he's he's bringing someone on stage. He goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, now I like to drink, I like drink as much, I like to drink as much as the next guy, unless the next guy's Mel Gibson. I thought that was like, I thought that was, here comes Mel Gibson. It's like, I thought that was the greatest line of all time. I like to drink as good as the next guy, except if the next guy's Mel Gibson. Oh. His latest stand-up, he's probably about two, three years old now anyway, um, but he mentions that about the Golden Globes and that he had all these jokes that were far worse. Worse. And he, you know, with his partner, his girlfriend, he sort of tests them with her. And she'd be like, "You can't say that," oh, you know. He was <laughs> wow. so funny, and he was just like looking at people and saying, "Shut up! Nobody cares about you." Yeah. It was. I mean, yeah. you can watch the, the. I mean, he he really made it amazing. But apparently, he really upset a lot of people who were there who were like not I willing, bet, yeah. not really there to be like shat upon. <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't care. Oh, fucking doesn't love it. Care. I fucking love it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. I need to go. It's 10 to 11. Her voice. I've got Good a job. wordle to do in, in an hour and 10 minutes. I need yeah. to warm up. You're going to pump some pump some milk. Try melatonin. Are you, are, what, what form is melatonin? Is it. How, 
How it's do you take like it? Like gummy. It's usually just like a uh, yeah. You can get it in gummy form, or and it's not it's not a high dosage. It's usually like three or five milligrams. Gives you them really, fucked up dreams, really though, dude. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm yeah, having like it's it's sending me off. My kid and I, my I, my. I, yeah, I, I would take two, and I, I would eat two, and I'd look at my kid. I'm like, I'm off to dreamland, bitch. <laughs> I say that to her, but I, you know, you don't get what I'm saying. <laughs> the problem is, we, I've got a bag packed here, ready for the hospital oh, run in the middle of the night. You oh, know, yeah. so I, I don't want to be groggy oh, yeah. waking oh, up. You know, sure. I mean, it's going right, right. to put you into hell. <laughs> put you into some hell. Put me out. What yeah. What is your guys' due date? Um. The I think it's the seventh of March, um, but she is big. She is big, oh, big, wow. big. So, I mean, we're expecting at least two weeks early there to tell us to prepare for. So that would mean sure. two weeks, you know. So any time in the next yeah. two weeks, I suppose. Um, yeah. So it's I th- that's the reason I'm not sleeping. To be honest, it's quite stressful because we're still not in the new house yet. Um, still work to be done. Oh, yeah. You know, there's there's just a shitload going on. Kids are still off school. <laughs> Their teacher now has COVID, so they've had to close. And it's like, oh, but um, yeah, I think it's just a lot of stress is stopping the sleep, really. You know, but um, it's all coming yeah. to an end soon. It's we'll get good. some sleep. All good. Yes. Thanks I shall again. Try. I shall try. Right. Lovely speaking to you both, and I shall speak to you, you the both man. very very soon. See you later, guys. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.